This is the Friday, July 7, 2023 version of the Market Analysis segment from Market to Market. The Black Sea region talks were back to making waves in the grain trade while technicals came back into play. For the holiday shortened trade week, the nearby wheat contract fell two cents while September corn lost four cents. Some profit taking entered the fray left over from last week's USDA report as the August soybean contract shed 14 cents while August meal subtracted 11.10 per ton. December cotton expanded 80 cents per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, August class three milk futures decreased 39 cents. The livestock market was mixed. August cattle cut 18 cents. August feeders shed 215. And the August lean hog contract improved 255. In the currency markets, the US dollar index lost 63 ticks. August crude oil gained 302 per barrel. COMEX Gold expanded 480 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index strengthened more than nine points to settle at 550.35. Joining us now is a new face to the program, market analyst Christy Van On Cheeseth. Christy, good to have you here. It's awesome. It's great. Thank you. Let's start with wheat. Yeah, great. Black Sea region, we hear about this discussion. It's on, it's off. At what point do we stop talking about that as the main story in the wheat complex? Yeah, I think people still want to talk about it, right? You saw wheat up 50 at one point during the week and gave back those gains. When you look at kind of the dynamic of wheat right now, it's a tight carryout domestically, worldwide. We know that there's some issues there. And so I think people want to still keep it part of the situation. But in the long run, we need to, over in the U.S., see demand start to pop up. Well, like Mike just said in the story from Oklahoma, it rained in that area. But they're not planting wheat now. They're harvesting it. What's right. harvest telling you and harvest pressure? You mentioned a tight carryout. Is that part of the story? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, you look at where we are, even stocks report here at the end of June, we got a very tight number. That's going to be your final carryout number here for wheat, for old crop. And so we know that we're working with less wheat than we anticipated. And so there is a tighter situation. Um, you look at kind of spring wheat, when you look at where it was in North Dakota, there was a lot of people saying lack of moisture, the heat, it was causing it to form that extra head and come in here and you were worried about what you're going to have for yield. They got the rain and they think that might help them fill it out, but they're still looking at a crop that they aren't expecting to see a lot. Later in the month, we'll get a quality crop tour. That'll give us an idea where spring wheat is. But overall, we definitely have a much smaller crop than we've had, and it continues to kind of get smaller and smaller. The issue is doesn't matter if we have a small crop if the demand's not around. Mm. And I think that's where you start to have those issues. Do you have the Black Sea deal or not? And if we do have it, we kind of just keep kicking the can down the road that okay, we have a tight carryout, but it doesn't matter because we have this deal. Well, demand has been the story of the corn market. It seems to be there's not that demand. And then you have the added extra weight of acres. And last week, the market fell out of bed. Still seems like it's on the floor. Is it the floor? Can this thing go lower in corn? Yeah, everyone's going to hate me for this. I, I am not the biggest fan of corn setup right now when you look at it. I think that you can support corn from now until July 12th. Okay, July 12th is going to be a crop report that I feel like can either stabilize this market or really say we're done until we know what we'll, yields are. We know that we are dry in so many areas. Back where I'm from, it's very, very dry. But we can't materialize what that did to yield quite yet. You know, in the next three to four weeks, we're going to start having more physical idea of what that might have happened. Um, and as we progress, we'll get more information. But right now, demand is one of those like really thorn in corn side that anytime we're going to have this yield decline, I really feel like USDA has the room to take demand off of the table as well, giving us net wash. And, you know, I felt comfortable with that before the report. But now that we have all those extra acres, 
it really does make it tight to uh, give us a carryout level that is on the tight situation. Your part of Minnesota hasn't had a lot of rain. When yeah. You saw rain when you drove into our studio today. Yeah, you were course. like, what is this thing? <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned that we don't quite know yet, but boy, that crop, the market's acting like that crop has all the moisture it needs. Yeah, and I think so. And I, I think you look at kind of crop conditions and you look at where we're at. The crop conditions are extremely poor and we have one year to compare it to and that's 2012. But now we have taken a very different turn than 2012, right? We're not as hot. We started to get the moisture. The extended forecast look for more moisture. And now we're in this no man's land that's saying, what can we really do with this situation? And we have to remember that we got a whole lot of extra acres. And those extra acres, um, you know, the bigger the acre number, the harder it is to get to trendline yield. And so we know that that should be supportive of yield decline as well, along with poor conditions. But I also feel like you can just have that constant off set when you look at kind of the demand structure between exports we're just so dismal on exports right now trying to get that our feed use is a very large number as well well you mentioned exports how about the black sea we asked you about the uh, the story in wheat but let's ask uh this question from minda and she wanted to know via uh, twitter presuming the grain corridor deal is mostly dead is the impact on global corn supply material or is that old news yeah, I think the biggest story with global corn production right now is coming out of Brazil. Um, they have a very large crop coming. They're harvesting it right now. And we know that China's been very active buyers for uh, soybeans out of Brazil and kind of coming and looking at their corn. And so, yes, you do have some issues that relate back to Russia and Ukraine and the Black Sea deal. But I really think on the bigger picture here when you look at production is the fact that Brazil has a very large crop coming and they are a lot cheaper than us. Story in soybeans is a little bit about Brazil, but was this week mostly on technical on this correction? Yeah, I think so. When you look at, I mean, you're, anytime you're getting rain during this season, um, it's going to tamper a bull's relationship, right? So we're starting to get those rains in so many areas. You continue to forecast better chances of precipitation. And I also think, uh, you know, two weeks ago, you were looking at beans and you're saying, man, those beans look really rough. And now you're driving around and they're starting to look a lot better. And so I think even that sentiment of saying, hey, these beans are really coming together and, and I'm driving down here and our beans don't look great. It took them a long time to get out. We were so dry for so long. In fact, if you planted them in corn stubble, it, I mean, it was like three weeks that they sat in there and didn't do anything. They're starting to come along. But as soon as I kind of crossed, crossed the Minnesota-Iowa border, I'm like looking around and I'm like, dang, these beans look really good. And you, I think that plays into that role too. And so when you start to have that sentiment and then you come in and you bring it into a chart, you did have negative divergence on a chart. When you start to look at, you know, you made a higher high, but the momentum wasn't there. And I think those are the type of things that bring out those outside sellers. You also have a sentiment that's not all that friendly when it comes to China. And anytime you start to talk about poor relationships with China, people want to sell beans. Well, and that's the story. Uh, Secretary Yellen is in China. Again, not talking about decoupling. They're parsing words. We saw Blinken there, the Secretary of State recently. That is a fragile relationship. But back domestically here, when you mentioned new crop, is there a target that we need to be watching before July 12th? Or is there a date 
and a tart, you know, put those two moving things together for me. Yeah, when you look at the difference, obviously you have corn here and beans here and they're so different, you know, and so I think that the 12th is going to be an interesting report to see how can USDA pencil a decent carryout. They're going to have to really work the pencil and figure out a way to keep us at a decent carryout level. And so you have this domestic story, right? And you have the reason to believe that corn or beans could be very supported for quite some time, especially if we start to see yield decline, which people are expecting us to come in see. We know that crush is very strong. So you do have that export. We're at like a fraction of what we should have booked right now for export sales for a new crop. And so we know all those things, but I think when you look at beans, there's enough friendly information on the table. I think also something that probably brought sellers out to this is the relationship between corn and beans is very, very wide. And anytime you start to look at that from an investment perspective or a trend perspective, you might have people saying, I'm willing to step into this spread here and be a buyer of corn and a seller of soybeans for the time being to see if that spread itself corrects itself, treating them together versus separately. It's not a correction yet in livestock, but live cattle have maybe, are they catching their breath? Are they, what are they doing? Yeah, so one of the old sayings, I'm a fundamentalist at heart, right? That's that's what I like focusing on, but uh, you have this big world of technical traders now, and the old saying is that you should really look at a chart and then not know what you're looking at, right? And I think that's what you're looking at right now, is that when you looked at a chart on live cattle, it was a good sell on a technical side of things. So I think you got that kind of rebound here. Um, talking about spread trading between corn and soybeans, you can look at that trade between cattle and hogs, right? And, and fixing that relationship to a degree. So I really think when you look at that, it was more technical than anything. Fundamentally, still very strong when you look at the numbers and the situations. And then you had that little bit of a pullback on cash. And I think that justified your technical pullback too. Well, in feeders, uh, is that an, has, has the lower corn been an opportunity? Uh, that's a fundamental side, I'm guessing. Right, yeah, and it really was that. So you started to see feeder cattle have that little bit of a pullback, and then corn just dropped, obviously, like a rock. And I think that gave feeder cattle that one big bounce back, and now you're at these high levels that you're saying, hey, let's let it be, and let's see if we get that pullback. What do you like for a range here? I was just looking at that chart. It is. It looks like a, a technical wave two, I guess, is what you would say. Do you yeah. like that thing higher or lower right now? Yeah, honestly, I think now at this point, feeder cattle is based off of corn. And so this is going to be an interesting week coming forward with where we see USDA come and what we can do. Can we stabilize corn at this 485 low and see us get a little bit of bounce back? And I think right now feeders are waiting to see how corn trades before it really decides which way it wants to go for the time being. We talked about China. Is mm -hmm. that the story in the hog market? I, it's always an easy question for me because it yeah. usually is. Is it that the story this week? I think you look at hogs and you can see that numbers are down. I think you can see that cash has been supported. I think that when you look at it, you know that the, the weights aren't there right now. And I think that you see how far cattle have rallied. And I think that's where you're seeing this big push into the hog market is those factors. I think that you can look at China, you can look at exports. Exports are very, very strong. But at some point, you're going to be looking at a consumer saying, okay, I've always picked beef. But when there's that big of a difference, am I going to start leaning towards a little bit more pork in my diet? So you see the consumer becoming a bigger story in the hog market than the, the, the beef market right now. Yeah, I think that the way everything's going, I think they're going to be strong regardless, but I think that initially will start to play a role in things to see people choose pork a little bit more often. It's not so much that I think they're going to necessarily step completely away from beef. I, you don't see that happening right now, but I think you could see them start to come and pick that up and close the gap.
You're done. You made it. Woo! Right? Yeah. First good. segment in. Thank you, Christy. We'll learn yeah. a little bit more about you in Market Plus. You get to do this for another uh, 10, 12 minutes. You ready for that? Perfect. So ready. All right. Thank you very much, Christy. All right. That is going to have us put a pause in our analysis. We're going to continue our discussion, as I said, in our Market Plus segment. You can find both analysis and plus on our website which is easy to find, it's markettomarket.org. All of these resources that I have just talked about, they are free. You know what also is, is so is our YouTube page. It's the place to find our full program, Market Plus, and the stories that we feature each week. Subscribe to our feed at youtube.com slash markettomarket. Next week, we look at the one-stop shopping for the overall health of your operation. Thank you so much for watching, and have a great week.